Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. morning footy will kick off the action uh, from the MLS weekend. Some big results to get to Real Salt Lake with a win over Toronto FC. NYCFC snapping, I believe, an 11-game unbeaten streak on the road to get that win over CF Montreal. Orlando City taking care of business against the Chicago Fire. Seattle 1-0 over Houston. FC Dallas upsetting LAFC. We're going to talk a little bit more about that game maybe later on. Nashville SC with a 2-0 win over DC United. Minnesota United with a 4-1 win over Portland and Atlanta United with a 2-0 win over Philadelphia. So lots of games to dive into. One game that we previewed on Friday, I believe, on Morning Footy was FC Cincinnati taking on the New England Revolution. And a big talking point there was Carlos Heel versus Luciano Acosta. So what did you take away from that game? Who controlled the run of play a little bit more? Oh, well, one, I think Carlos Heel, we can all agree, is one of the best players in the league. Mm. And it was a travesty to not see him call, get called up for the initial all-star roster. Uh, still, my mind is blown mm-hmm. I just, thinking about I just that. heard your Revs money hit the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. We know I'm good here. I mean, this is a league MVP. No, but you're 100% right. Years ago, right. 100% right. So I think he was playing with a chip on his shoulder. And after maybe 15 minutes or so, the Revs really got into a rhythm and, and were dictating the tempo. And the way you take away Cincinnati's strong points is keeping possession in the attacking half and, and dictating the tempo, not allowing Cincinnati to break out into a counterattacks and get into the open space. But Dom Baji, who is typically not a, a renowned goal scorer, mm-hmm. was on point in this match, scored a brace. And then Gustavo Bo, who the Revs really need to, to step up. But this is a fantastic finish from Baji coming to uh, from his right foot to his left foot and coming across his body. Uh, he, he really looked like he was a man in form and, and focused, motivated. When Don Baji could play like that, if he could do that consistently, mm-hmm. he would be a real threat in this league. They've been saying that for I most know. of his career, but he has but the skills. He, he, causes, he causes problems. Yeah. What I loved in this game is George Petrovic, the Revs keepers, mm-hmm the best keeper in the league right now. Yeah. Uh, just his, his reaction saves, ability to read the game and come out, uh, put out fires, 
his presence on set pieces, I just think you saw some, some really big-time saves from him. And then Lucho Acosta is just another. He's playing at an MVP level right now. So mm-hmm. Cincinnati played through him, and he's looking to, because Brent Vasquez wasn't there, mm-hmm. Don Baji's had a couple of chances, but he was really looking to, to score and taking chances from all over the pitch. Uh, it was a back-and-forth game, uh, definitely a match that you, you should have tuned in for, a one versus two, and, and it played out that way. The scary thing is New England didn't play that great, and they got the draw. So that, what does that say about New England? You know, that's yeah. what you want to see, that you're a good team progressing well. And when you don't play well and still get a draw against the best team in the league, mm-hmm. that really well, is something to be worried about. And just the significance of getting a draw there. The first team to do it all season mm-hmm. long. I believe it was a 10-game win streak they were on. They were yes. trying to go to make history. Yes, 10, exactly. 10-match 10 win streak. They were looking for that 11 to make history because they had tied that MLS record. I believe that was with Vancouver. Um, FC Cincinnati at home. Obviously, almost impossible this season to get a result against them at home. So just how much does that add to the fact that uh, the Revolution were able to do what they were able to do? It also shows just how much they miss Brendan Vasquez, because mm. I think if he's there, we're talking mm-hmm. a little differently. We're celebrating. I don't think so. Um, okay, wow. Of course <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think it, it goes to show, like, when you're, missing these, when you're missing these important players, who do you have to step in? You know, Lucho Acosta is not missing, obviously. He's, mm-hmm. he's one of those players where you're like, he's going to do what he does. Uh, Carlos Hill's going to do what he does. It's about getting those other players to step up. So for someone like a Don Baji to actually kind of so get involved, it's like, thank you, yeah. Yeah, it has to be so and, encouraging. And Matt Miazga is not, hasn't done well with the U.S. men's national team, but he is, he is so important to this back line for FC yeah. Cincinnati. Without him, they, you could see there was a big drop-off, a yeah. massive drop-off. He really brings them together. I like his partnership with Mascara in particular, but w- without him in that back three, they struggled. They, were, they weren't good on set pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, building out of the back wasn't, wasn't, wasn't there. So uh, without Vasquez and, 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 and um, Miazga, there was a, a big drop-off from FC Cincinnati. And in the midfield, I think that too much was asked of, of Wobodo to, to cover uh, Carlos Hill in, in the uh, first half. But in the second half, Cincinnati mm-hmm. grew into it. And then they started dictating the game and playing through Lucho Costa. Lucho Costa got on the ball much more in the second half and found those pockets. So I think from Cincinnati's standpoint, they're like, ah, we, we could have pushed to get three points at mm-hmm. home. And, and from the Revolution standpoint, it's great you get a result. Cincinnati are the best team in the league, unbeaten at home, mm-hmm. 10, 10 wins at home. But you had the lead. And when you score two goals mm-hmm. on the road, typically you want to you go home with three out. points. Yeah. That's been a problem yeah. for New England. But for me, that game for me was the clash of the Titans. That was a, a real great game of football. So you what you want to see. And he hope that can be a playoff game later yeah. on as the year goes on. But I do have a quick question, Boston guy. Uh, Carlos Hill said oh on this show goodness, last the week. Accent. Yeah. Boston. <laughs> he said Boston. <laughs> yeah, right? Carlos Hill said on this show he had never tried Dunkin' Donuts. That's a crime if you're from Boston, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Especially because there's a Duncan literally at the in stadium. In the stadium, isn't so it in like the park? You drive in, you get your coffee, then you go into the training center. I already right? likes Krispy Kremes more. Wow. Stop it. You're going to start a war. Stop it. You're going to start a war in Boston. Uh, all right. <laughs> Elsewhere, the Cali Classico, the LA Galaxy taking on San Jose that played to a 2-2 draw. But most of the talk was about that controversial uh, penalty at the end that was eventually overturned. Uh, what did you guys make of that game, watching it in real time? Here's a look at that penalty. Greg Vanny, obviously very upset with this after it was overturned. I mean, did they watched it. disagree? Disagree. Initially, I said it wasn't a penalty, but then now when you look at it, <laughs> initially, 
Yeah. From one angle that I saw, he kind of thought he did clip the ball with initially first with his left foot. Mm -hmm. But then obviously he didn't. He does take him out and it should have been a penalty. And, and it's decisions like that that do get managers really frustrated because you need to get them right. It's the fine margins. Are we sure he doesn't touch the ball with his first foot? No, he does not. This is, this is the thing. Yeah, this is the thing for me. For VAR to intervene here, right, it's got to be a clear and obvious error. What is clear and obvious about this challenge? Because it was ruled a penalty. It was ruled a penalty. You're saying there's not enough the to overturn it. To overturn okay. it. Okay. Right. There isn't enough. So, so before we dive into that, Greg Vanny echoed similar sentiments, and we have that. So let's take a look at that really quick. This is a foul. This is a foul anywhere on the field. Just because some random part of his body touches the ball doesn't make it not a foul. Like it's it's a ridiculous. This is the same referee who, who called some nonsense on us in the uh, Salt Lake game, and and. Again, I think right now we're just we're getting referees who, who don't have a ton of experience, but in this particular instance, he also has a VAR who recommends that he goes back and look at it. So I, I just don't I don't understand it. I don't understand it. For us, to, again, the margins are a little thin. We've got a lot of challenges that we're working through, and when we when we deserve something or earn something or it's there, then then we we need to have it. I wish he would have told us how he really felt. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love it. Here's what I, I say: if you're gonna, if you're stuff. gonna start that sentence, you're mm -hmm. gonna get fined anyway. So go, go for it. it. <laughs> Do you know what? It reminds me of Rooney's one about a week or two ago as well, when Rooney got had to go at the referees and said, "I don't care if I get fined, fine me," because that's the frustrations. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Like you're costing his team three points, three vital points. Yeah. You know, managers are under pressure, so I think they have a right. As much as we hold players to a high standard and managers, we should hold referees to high standards. Like, referees should be called out. And if you make mistakes like that, you should be suspended next week. You shouldn't be able to referee next week. And there's no reason for VAR to tell the referee to look at that again. Given that LA Galaxy are in shambles compared to where, where they've been in the past. Give them a little, yeah, okay. I was going to say, give them a little credit. They kind of have started they're, to turn it around. Have oh, started. Okay. They're in shambles. No. Started. Okay. They're, they haven't lost in five. Chris, Chris Klein gets the ax. Are you seeing enough improvement in terms of a manager coaching this group to say, oh, he's not at fault too, Greg Vanny, for the performances of LA Galaxy? Oh, Greg Vanny definitely is at fault. I think for me that they are massively underachieving. I think it's, it, listen, good clubs, good leadership starts from the manager. You are the one that has to filter the messages of what you want. I think Ricky Pooch is a great player for them. But for me, he still plays like a little kid at times. He still plays like he's playing five-a-side football. There's no doubt in his ability. So but is that as a manager, or is, it, or is that Vanny? It's Vanny. Vanny's got to let him know, right, this is what I want from you. Yes, you're a talented player, but this is what I want you to do because this is what you can do to impact the team in the right way to win football matches. He's got too much freedom to kind of do what he wants. And it's a manager that can say, no, you need to do this. If you don't do this, you're not going to play. I don't think... LA Galaxy are going to make the playoffs. I think their season I mean, is an absolute wash. They're in 13th out of 14 in the West. It's not looking great <laughs> for them because of their terrible start. But I think the, your point about Ricky Pooch, I mean, I got a lot of heat when I was sort of, you know, picking on him a little bit for only having one assist in the league. That's your job. That's, is to get assists. That's it. That's my point. It's like, so yes, you look Who great you in the midfield. Who you People, LA Galaxy fans, like, he doesn't watch the games. He doesn't watch the games. Bro, your job is to get assists. Yeah, you look good when the ball is at your feet, but are you doing something with it? You <laughs> know? The only thing is you're right. Or are they the saying the people he's passing them the ball to aren't Bro, finished. this is the end of Chicharito's career. 
we're, we're watching it. We're watching it. We're watching him land the plane in rough waters. This is not how you expect a guy of his caliber to go out. And a lot of the signs, a lot of, for me, a lot of the signs are pointing to Greg Vanny. What are you putting your arm around these players and saying to get them to do better? And because what I'm seeing is not, they're not working as a unit. They're not a team. And no. that's the point there. For what you said about Ricky Puzo, it's Greg Vanny's job is, you, your job is to create chances for the team and score goals. Mm -hmm. If you're not doing that, you're not doing your job. Everything else, let me handle that. Defense and everything like that. But Ricky Pooh's job should be creating and scoring goals. And that has to come again from yeah. Greg Vanny. I don't, think he's ever, I don't think he's ever gotten the, the formation right with this group. Nah. No. The style of play, the formations, the tactics. The starters so, are up top. We've been complaining about the strikers seen from, from day one. With, with Toronto is... is the complete opposite end of the spectrum with mm -hmm. LA Galaxy. It has not gone well. I haven't seen more than maybe one or two matches where I'm like, oh, he, we, maybe he's got some of them potential. Because I know Chris Klein gets a lot of the, the stick for Galaxy and where they are right now. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the performances of the team and how it's set up, that's Greg Vanny. Mm -hmm. And it has yeah. not looked good. I say, I say them and Toronto should have swapped. Bob Bradley goes to LA Galaxy. He likes LA. He did well in LA. Greg Vanny goes back to Toronto. Oh, wait. Done. I've got a better one for you guys. How about Ashley Cole coming there? You know, played for LA Galaxy, assistant with England under 21s, worked with Frank Lampard. Not bad. Not a bad show. Ex Arsenal. Uh, Not a bad show. I think that's a, uh, a. I've been saying coaches like that who have played, who know the league, um, who are cutting their teeth deserve those opportunities mm -hmm. and not the same recycled coaches that we've seen. I, I've been the, always putting my hand up to say, I wanted to see new coaches get opportunities who have earned them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I put him on the uh, left back uh, Mount Rushmore. I was the only one, but I put <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he has to be on there. Ashley well, is one of the best. Thank no, you. Ashley Cole thank has you. to be on there. No, no, no. Thank you. See, Nigel? I'm not that bad of a guy. Left backs. Yeah, Ashley Cole is one of them. You tell me. No, and it wasn't left backs. It was all-time backs. Yeah, Ashley Cole is going to be up there. My God. You can't argue okay. against that. All right. We're going off topic now. Okay. We can handle this in the We can oh, jump back we can into this. this in the dressing room. I'm the only one who had his back. <laughs> we can handle we this. Can handle this. We, we can, can jump back into this a little bit later. We have to take a short break. Lots more coming your way on Morning Footy when we come back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Here's a look at the notable results from the NWSL this past weekend. The rain in Louisville drawing 2-2. Washington losing to Orlando. Uh, Orlando beating Washington 3-0. Kansas City with a 1-0 win over Portland. San Diego losing to Chicago. North Carolina defeating Houston. And Gotham and Angel City playing to a scoreless draw. And with that, to chat even more about NWSL, we welcome in Lisa Carlin. Lisa, thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to have you. 
It is good to be here. A lot of upsets in the NWSL, so there's plenty to talk about today for sure. You led me to my first question. There are a lot of upsets this weekend. We know there's some rotated rosters. Do you think that the top teams are missing some of their top players, and that's why maybe we're seeing some of the results that we saw this past weekend? Yeah, that's definitely a factor. When you look across the NWSL as a league as a whole, there are so many players that are gone for the World Cup. And that's one of the many reasons why the NWSL is one of the top leagues in the world. But when you look across the scoreboard and who picked up points and wins this weekend, it was Kansas City over Portland Thorns. It was Chicago Red Stars over San Diego Wave. And it was Orlando over Washington. Those three teams, Kansas City, Chicago, and Orlando are only missing two internationals each per team. That is the fewest across the NWSL. I think that's also a bit of a factor in this. I mean, these teams have been competing week in and week out, and now they have the least amount of rotation heading into the week where every other team in the league has the most amount of rotation. It comes to familiarity and consistency, playing and training. It's going to be a very interesting couple of weeks we have ahead of us. Lisa, I find it Hard to believe that some of the players who feel that they should be included on, and, and on the U.S. Women's National, uh, World Cup roster uh, playing aren't, aren't playing with a chip on their shoulder. Who do you think stands to make the biggest noise while the U.S. Women's National Team is playing at the World Cup? Because I look at Ashley Hatch, you know, that's one at Washington Spirit, but also a Sam Coffey, a Morgan Weaver, those players who have done well in NWSL but really haven't been given the shine that they deserve. Is, is now their time, and, and who else is out there? Yeah, you would think, Charlie, that now is the time those players would be a little ticked off and they're going to go on a run. We saw that after the Olympics in 2021 with Midge Purse at Gotham after the 2019 World Cup. I'm specifically looking at Ashley Hatch, like you mentioned, forward for Washington Spirit. Can she go on a run? Can she use this opportunity to propel her for the next World Cup? Because the cycles, although they're four years for a young player who's 25 years old, that's still an opportunity for her to make it into that World Cup or next international tournament roster. When you look at Washington Spirit, I'm also keying in on Sam Staub, the center back. When you look at the U.S. roster, they're dealing with injuries at the center back. Lakowetanovsky only is bringing two out-and-out center backs with him to Australia. That's an opportunity for other center backs around the league to step up and have a reason for Blackwood-Anofsky to look at them. I'm hoping that some of these players can turn it on a little bit and, and find that firepower within them to be upset and use that to their advantage over the next couple of weeks, especially in Challenge Cup play. When you look at uh, Gotham drawing with Angel City, that felt like a win for Angel City, to be completely honest with you, uh, probably because of how many top players are missing from Gotham. But maybe talk a little bit about how Gotham sort of deals with the loss, especially firepower-wise, and also a little bit about Mana Shim getting a chance to get back into the league and how incredible this is. Oh my gosh, it was the most incredible moment of the weekend for me, watching Monashim return to the football field. She spent five years away after playing in the NWSL for many years. She's now back involved on the administrative side with U.S. soccer, but it was such a big moment for her. She was one of the catalysts in enacting change after the abuse scandals that happened throughout the league just two years ago. And head coach for Gotham, Juan Carlos Amaro, saying that he didn't sign Monashim because of 
everything she's done in the past of the player she was five years ago, but rather how she's playing now and how she can make an impact on this Gotham squad. And they're already relying on her. She signed currently as a national team replacement player and she got minutes in the weekend's game against Angel City. So that just goes to show how talented she is and what Gotham is going to need to do to lean on some of these other players. They lost a lot due to the World Cup and international players. However, they still have really big pieces. When you look down the spine of the field, whether it's Yasmin Ryan centrally in the midfield, Abby Smith in goal, she has been tremendous for Gotham this year. It's chances for those players who have the leadership and have the capability to now shoulder some more of the responsibility moving forward and help lift up the rest of the team to pick up points when they need it most. Lisa, with the World Cup fast approaching and squads are being announced right now, has a non-favorite sparked your interest? Yeah, there's a lot of good teams and we've expanded to 32 this year with the World Cup. I am most excited about the Republic of Ireland. And it's not just because I'm a little bit Irish here, because they, to me, are a team that can really impress this year. When you look at how they got to the World Cup and then the group that they're sitting in right now, it's their first ever World Cup. And they're going to be going up against Canada, Olympians, Australia, the host nation, and Nigeria. It's not going to be a case walk for them. In fact, Ireland's opening match against Australia has over 80,000 tickets sold and fans that will be there mostly in sport in support of Australia as they are the host nation. But for Ireland, this is a team that in most recent form throughout 2022 went nearly entirely undefeated. You look back at April, Ireland played against the United States in back-to-back -back friendlies and those were narrow score lines, 2-0, 1-0 against the United States. So Ireland has the capacity to lockdown defensively, be a really gritty team. And they're one that I would not be surprised at all if they make it out of their group and onto the group and onto the knockout rounds. Come on, Ireland. I got 50% in my body, so yeah. hey, let's go. Um, Lisa, Laura Harvey gets a contract extension. This, this is the GOAT, right? The coaching, coaching uh, the coach GOAT of, of NWSL. How big is this for, for OL Reign? I mean, they were, they were down. They're losing nine players right now to, to the World, Women's World Cup. They're down 2-0. They come back to score uh, two goals to, to get the equalizer. But how, is, is, is this a move that will bring them continued success? Is this kind of what they were hoping and expecting? Charlie, it guarantees stability at OL Reign. When you sign your coach to a two-year extension through 2025 for Laura Harvey, it it assures that there's not going to be rotation in the front office and it allows her to continue to develop players, players that are first year players that are draftees coming into her team that she's going to be able to develop them and continue to move forward. Now, Charlie, you called Laura Harvey the GOAT, and I am not disagreeing with that at all. She has been in Seattle for the majority of her NWSL career. She's the only NWSL manager to coach over 200 games. She's got two Shield titles, three NWSL Coach Honors of the Year, and she holds the league record for wins in the regular season. However, Laura Harvey has yet to win an NWSL championship. And that is something that she has plastered over her desk as a goal, as a goal for her, as a goal for OL Reign. Her having two more years in Seattle assures her that she's going to have another shot at that. Although she likes the Shield wins, she likes the Coach of the Year honors, Laura Harvey wants to win an NWSL championship. Lisa Carlin, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it.
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back to Morning Footy. We're now excited to be joined by our CBS Sports correspondent, Fabrizio Romano, with hey. all of the latest in Ciao. the transfer window. However, before that, hold on, i got to turn all the way around here. We need to dive in here on Twitter. What did you make of that day on Twitter for you? How did that affect you? It's a drama. It's a drama now, and it's July. Imagine on deadline day or at the end of August. Uh, it's, it's terrible news for me. I really hope they will fix this. It's unacceptable, in my opinion. So we can't <laughs> continue like this. Where, well, hold on. I got to transfer. What app are you transfering to? Here we go. <laughs> Instagram, I think. Instagram. Wow. wow. Okay. That's big news. Stories? Wow. Instagram stories. Yeah, stories is already there, so I'm already doing that. But Twitter is different. Twitter feeling is completely different. When you break a story on Twitter, the how people react is something completely different. You all oh, you feed wow. off of that energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. be I'm gonna be tweeting out. Oh, here we go. Fabrizio's moving to Instagram. See, with, with Instagram too, Fabrizio, I notice like you do different fonts. Like you have little bullet points. Like, how long does it take yeah. to craft that whole entire post? No, a lot of time. And sometimes it depends. It depends how long is the post. But sometimes it could take like five, ten minutes. And for me, it's a lot of time because mm-hmm. when it's on Twitter, I have to do it in like 30 right seconds away. or 40 mm-hmm. seconds. So timing is crucial. Fabrizio, you still tweet for yourself? You don't have seven guys <laughs> with phones next to you no. <laughs> just typing no. out? No one will ever tweet or post anything with my name in my life. Impossible. <laughs> I would never accept that. Everything you see on my social media platforms is done by myself. I love that. Love that, Fabrizio. <laughs> yeah. Authentic Fabrizio. I want to ask about Harry Kane. Uh, we're, we're hearing that he has personal terms uh, agreed to with Bayern. Or is this move actually going to happen? Is Daniel Levy actually going to sell him? No, at the moment, still not agreed on personal terms. But what is true is that Harry Kane is speaking to Bayern. And he's open to speaking to Bayern. He knows that Thomas Tuchel is a big fan. So uh, there are positive vibes between Harry Kane and Bayern, but still not an agreement in terms of, of contract. It really depends on the clubs, I think. It's not on Harry Kane. This deal depends on Daniel Levy, because uh, Tottenham chairman at the moment has no intention to accept any proposal. He's still fighting to keep Harry Kane at the club. He will make this deal very difficult for Bayern. The intention of Bayern is to try again. They had a bid rejected last week, was 70 million euros plus add-ons. They want to try again. They want to approach Tottenham again with a new proposal. But from Tottenham, it looks really difficult to make this deal happen. Also, Harry Kane will speak to Ange Postecoglou in the coming days. And this conversation is going to be important to understand his future. So let's see what happens. But Bayern are still there. Fab, what's the latest with Christian Pulisic? Milan. Milan are really pushing to sign Christian Pulisic. It's true that Olympique Lyon made the proposal. It was 24 hours ago, a proposal for 25 million euros. So probably the best proposal for Chelsea at this point, because Milan are offering way less than this. It's around 15 million euros plus some add-ons. So Chelsea prefer Olympique Lyon. But the player, from what I understand, he prefers AC Milan. The possibility to play in the Champions League, in Serie A. So Pulisic is waiting for Milan to continue the negotiations with Chelsea. The relationship between the two clubs is excellent, also after the Loftus-Cheek deal. So 
I expect Milan and Chelsea to speak again this week to try to find a way together. Chelsea want around 25-30 million euros. Milan are offering around 15, so there is still a big gap, but negotiations will continue and the priority of the player is AC Milan. Fab, it's never a dull moment in French football. Please tell me, what is the situation currently now with the manager situation at Paris Saint-Germain? It's going to be Luis Enrique, 100%. He's already done. It's a verbal agreement. It's really similar to what happened one year ago with Pochettino and Christophe Galtier. PSG, to announce Christophe Galtier, needed time because they had to reach an agreement with Pochettino on his exit. Now it's exactly the same situation. They are negotiating with Galtier and with his lawyers to terminate the contract. And then right after, they will announce Luis Enrique as new manager. But the agreement between Luis Enrique and Paris Saint-Germain is done. He's already checking on new signings together with the board, uh, approving new signings, uh, thinking also of the uh, tactical idea for the next season. So Luis Enrique is going to be new PSG coach on a two-year deal. You keep talking. I mean, you've been mentioning signings have been announced. Uh, Messi and a bunch of other players have been announced, but nothing is, like, actually agreed upon mm -hmm. yet. What's the latest within Miami? We're hearing Jordi Alba's name now. Yeah, they're speaking to Jordi Alba, and they're also speaking to Sergio Ramos, from what I'm hearing. Oh, so these wow. are two names in the list of Miami. Yeah, this is a possibility. It's not something agreed or advanced yet, also because Sergio Ramos has two very important proposals from Saudi. So he has to decide what he wants next for his career. He's thinking about it together with his family, with his brother, who is taking care of his of his future. But Sergio Ramos Inter Miami is a possibility, and Jordi Alba is a very concrete possibility. So I think in the next 10 days, everything will be more clear. But for sure, they want to add some more player to Leo Messi and Sergio Busquets. And Bayern Munich, what's the latest with... Thomas Tuchel, I know, last season didn't end in the way that he probably wanted, wants to reinvest in the squad. What other names are being linked with the club? Yeah, apart of Harry Kane, of course, the striker is crucial. They have to replace Lewandowski since one year ago, so they need a top striker. If it's not going to be Kane, we have to keep an eye also on other striker, strikers like Colomani, Blauvic, Victor Osimhen. They have a list of top strikers, so let's see how they will act on the market in July, and then the right back. Uh, they lost Joao Cancelo there. He's returning to, to Manchester City after the loan deal. I will keep an eye on Kyle Walker, because Kyle Walker is a priority target for Bayern. They're trying to push on the player's side to convince him. Tuchel is also pushing a lot, but he also has a proposal from Manchester City to extend his contract. So it depends on the player. He will decide, I think, this week. So for Kyle Walker, everything will be crucial in the next days. And then keep an eye on Wednesday to Kim Min-Jae, the best defender in Serie A last season, because he's expected to complete medical test as new Bayern player, then they will trigger the release clause from Napoli, 50 million euros, and so also new centre-backs for Thomas Tuchel. Fabrizio, since Twitter is uh, malfunctioning, is there anything, if we give you the platform right now, that you'd like to announce on the show? <laughs> Now, I think the, the stories are going to be very, very nice this week. I think, for example, Arsenal. Arsenal are working on the announcements for both Declan Rice and Jarian Timber. It's a really crucial week for Arsenal. They're working on the final details with uh, Declan Rice. Uh, it's just about the payment terms, and then the deal will be done for Declan Rice to Arsenal and Jarian Timber coming from, uh, from Ajax. And then Mason Mount, while we are speaking, he has just completed the medical test as new Manchester United player. The announcement will be probably later today. And so this is an important deal for May United. £55 million pounds plus five in add-ons for Mason Mount. All right, Fabrizio Romano, great stuff as always. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Top man. We've yeah. got more coming your way on Morning Footy. When we come back, Ali Trost-Martin rejoins us with all of the headlines.
back to Morning Footy. The World Cup is just weeks away, and Spain have officially named their 23-player roster. The squad includes three of the 15 players who had quit the team to protest the continued employment of head coach Jorge Vilda. Those three players are Mariona Caldente, Aitana Bonmati, and Ona Badie. Ballon d'Or winner Alexia Pateas is also on the squad, but her level of on-field contribution remains to be seen following her recovery from an ACL tear last summer. And Italy head coach Milena Bertolini has named her 23-player roster for the upcoming World Cup. The squad will feature national team and Juventus veterans Cristiana Girelli and Barbara Bonansea, as well as 16-year-old Giulia Dragoni, who plays for Barcelona's B-Squad. Martina Piemonte, who had an impressive season for AC Milan, was surprisingly left off the roster in what many uh, would consider to be what we call a snub. And Inter Milan announced the signing of Marcus Turam on Saturday. The French forward joins the Nerazzurri on a free transfer and has signed a five-year contract. Turam spent the last four seasons in Germany with Borussia Mönchengladbach, where he contributed 44 goals and had 29 assists over 134 appearances. And Patrick Vieira has officially been appointed head coach of Strasbourg on a three-year deal. The France international has head coaching stints at NYCFC in Major League Soccer, French side Nice, and most recently at Crystal Palace, where he was appointed head coach in 2021. And speaking of Crystal Palace, the club has confirmed that Roy Hodgson will be the club's manager for the upcoming Premier League season in what will be his second stint at the club. Hodgson came out of retirement last season following the sacking of Patrick Vieira and helped to keep Crystal Palace away from relegation, winning five of his ten matches in charge. Guys, what do you make of this move for Vieira and for Hodgson? Crystal Palace, what are we thinking right now? I mean, it's two different parts of their careers. (laughs) (laughs) Roy Hodgson, uh, you know, congrats. I mean, he came in and made a big change at Crystal Palace. Mm -hmm. He gets invited to the cookout. (laughs) I mean, I think if they gave Vieira more time, he probably could have turned it around. But Roy Hodgson's just so experienced. And uh, Crystal Palace is actually my local club. I I grew up around there, Croydon, the South London boy, as you know. You know, Mm -hmm. 30 streets of South London. How did they feel about you being an Arsenal fan back then? I'm not an Arsenal fan. Stop putting out there. I think it's, it's, it's great. I think Roy Hudson does really well and he's a assistant. Ray Lewington is a guy that I had in my younger days. He's a really good coach. He's got them performing. I mean, who's, it's, it's who's your favorite player of all time? English player. Favorite player? Why does it got to be English? Because I was wondering. Also, yeah, you knew it was going to be English. A a player that played in the English Premier League. Listen, I got inspired by so many different players. But if you had one, who's your favorite? I I can't pick one. You can't pick one. Who did you try to build your game, I guess, after or or draw inspiration from? I I can't pick one. Not even just one. I mean, two two for me of the greats in kind of my position that I liked was Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira. Because I was a captain from a very young age. So Roy Keane, Patrick Vieira were probably... Big Arsenal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I knew it. One. All right, so yeah. what do you think of Patrick move here? We what do you there. like about this? I like it. I think he deserves an opportunity. I mm-hmm. think that if he was given longer time at Crystal Palace, I believe he would have been able to turn it around. I think Crystal Palace, like, just surviving in the Premier League, that was the achievement, really and truly. Mm-hmm. He just needed more time. You know, uh, there's potential there. And it's just, he just needs to keep getting the right opportunity where he can actually be given time to really show what he can do. Do you I think l- he'll have that, though, here? Yeah, More time I think now? so. A little yeah. bit of the pressure off. Strasbourg's owned by uh, 
Todd Bowley. Mm -hmm. uh, so it kind of feels a little bit like waiting in the wings for the Chelsea job mm -hmm. if that if that falls apart. But uh, yeah, I think it's a big opportunity. I think he's really good with young players. I saw it firsthand at NYCFC. Yeah, he's one of those he's one of those coaches that's really good at developing. And also, I like the style. You know, he was uh, he was over at City for a long time. People forget he was waiting in the wings at City for mm -hmm. a long time, developing those young players that we're seeing today. Uh, so I think he's great for the job in Strasbourg, a relatively young team, start up a little bit in the, within Ligue 1. Kind of, they're one of the smaller clubs, so this will give him a chance to not be so directly under the spotlight. Less pressure, yeah, for sure. It gives them time. Uh, in that area of France, they produce a lot of talent, youth, and, and talented youth. So I expect him to, to do well. All right. How did you think day one? How did you feel on this? Absolutely. This morning loved it. footy. Loved it. You, Is it you your brought best, the fit. Best job of you all too. Time, or what? It was fun. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. so fast. <laughs> I was going to say. Can like, we get this guy a hoodie? I know, seriously. A, <laughs> Good luck with that one. Set a, har, a high bar. You're back tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah, if I'm invited. Looking. If they change, if they don't change their mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoyed being with you guys. Loved kicking it with both of you. You're both back tomorrow as well. Oh yeah. Yes. We yes, go nowhere. We live in the studio. Fourth with you guys. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the games today. We'll see you tomorrow morning right back here on Morning Footy.